Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard and this is me old muck of Fenners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by Double J, Joe Jennings. To be more like Joe, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, get bonus content, and grow the show today. Grow the show if you know for Joe and Tom for everyone. Oh, spread the word. Have you heard Joe Marla's show? Joe Marla's show. Hello, and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marla. This is Tom Fordyce. How are you, old friend? Ah, it's nice to see you, Joe. Um, I've got something for you. Well, Good, bad? Well, you'll have to judge. Your face tells me bad, okay. No, you can't keep it. I need it back because it's not actually mine. Okay. Okay, it's a book. It's called Fox in Socks by okay. Dr. Seuss, mm-hmm. also known as Zeus or Seuss. How would you say it? Doctor. Well, you said it the right way, haven't you? Okay, I would like you... I was reading this the other night... <laughs> Fucking. Just for your own amusement? No, with Maggie. And it was so hard, mate. It was like, Why? fucking hell. And then there's this one bit, and I went, I want Tom to do that. Okay? So you're going to pass me the Fox in the Socks by Dr. Zirth. Yeah. I'm going to read the page that you give me. You read this page. The right-hand page. Yeah. This screen. And then and then I want you to read this page. Any stairs whatsoever? It's got no, a rhyme. No, or... Don't. You just have to read it. Normal voice? No, pre- no pre-reading. Just go. Well, then. <laughs> well then, bring your mouth this way. I'll find it something it can say. Turns the page to the next page. How have you made that so inappropriate? Go. <laughs> Luke Luck likes lakes. Luke's duck likes lakes. Luke Luck licks lakes. <laughs> Luke's duck licks lakes. What the fuck is this? Keep going. Duck takes licks in lakes. Luke Luck likes. Luke Luck takes licks in Lake Stuck's life. <laughs> what? <laughs> right, you do the same thing, and I'm going to guess how many times you say the word dick. <laughs> right, I'm going to write it down on the piece of paper in front of me. You're going to say those words, and then I'm going to turn over the piece of paper and see uh, if I get... Well then, bring your mouth this way. I'll find it something it can say. Luke Luck likes lakes. Luke Stucks likes lakes. Luke Luck licks lakes. Luke Stick... Luke's Duck takes licks in lakes. Luke Luck's dicks. Three. Luke Luck's dykes. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Luke Luck. Luke Luck takes licks in duck <laughs> in lakes. Duck likes. So, mate. To be fair, you semi cheated because why? You read it slowly. You went Luke Luck likes lakes. So I'm there reading it with Maggie, and I get all of it is. <laughs> not only is it hard to read anyway, but. What the fuck was going through Dr. Seuss's ma- mind, mouth, <laughs> when he comes up, Luke Luck likes lakes, Luke Stuck's like, yeah, how many times did I say dick? You said it three times. My estimate, Joe. Was four dicks. Was four dicks. So you did well. 
I had lots of chuckles. Maggie had lots of chuckles with me getting it wrong all the time. But how many times did you say the phrase "sucks dicks" to your <laughs> young daughter? It was there was a lot, there was a lot, but the, it went under the radar because clearly she's not about that life. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for using the word "clearly" to clarify that statement. Who sews? Who socks? Sue sews. Sue socks. Who sees who so who knew Sue so? <laughs> was that an news you got in there? You see Sue socks, Sue's new socks, sir. That's not easy, Mr. Foxer. Actually, at the end of it, I was like, that is a wonderful, wonderful book. And I thought, what an absolute genius that man is. Now we come to ticks and tucks, sir. Try say this, sir, Mr. Knox, sir. Clocks on fox tick, clocks on <laughs> It doesn't <laughs> even make one. sense. Do you think there was a lot on him that was he was actually I'm going to make something that makes people trip up? So he's actually having a, he doesn't hear any of it, but he knows how much everyone's struggling reading his books, and he's just sat there giggling like he they're confusing dicks and lakes and ducks <laughs> and sucks, and he's just having a laugh. He's a very successful author, Joe. By the time he releases Fox and Socks, he knows that his work will be read around the world in bedrooms. My parents, the children. He knows exactly what's happening. I just think it's fucking brilliant. Really, really good. And I have no idea how you segue this into a start of our show. Do I just wanted you to read that. <laughs> if this is the sort of content you enjoy, you can support the show in three ways. Apple, Spotify and Patreon. And for just a single pound a week, you can get bonus content, every episodes, and Joe, what else will you be doing at the same time? You will be growing the show in the lake with a duck and a loot comes in and he... You just want to say fuck at the end of duck. <laughs> you, you do, yeah. But he'll just sew some socks and Sue will watch him sew socks and Mr Knox will say <laughs> hello, Fox. Goodbye. Grow the show, Mo. If you would like to see this show in action... You can now subscribe to the Joe Marler YouTube channel where you will find full episodes and also extra show clips. Great work, Tom. Thank you. Slightly patronising. <laughs> Lovely work, Tom. Still patronising. <laughs> Who's on today's show, Joe? A museum director. Ooh. Get him in quick. Get rid of the book. Our guest today is Sarah and she's a museum director. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. 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 Hello, Sarah. Hello, Welcome. Hello, Joe. Thank you very much. Yeah. You you said thank you quite early. For welcoming me. Oh, thank you good. for welcoming me. Good. Yeah. yeah. Just clarifying yeah. that. What is a museum? A fantastic question. The easy answer to that question is a museum is an institution or a place that holds collections for the public benefit. So that's the party line. But there are museums across the country and the world that interpret that and work within that in very, very different ways. The obvious example, I think, is maybe the British Museum, the great big one in central London. You know, millions of people a year go to see artefacts and objects from all over the world in it. Um, and then you've got the museum that I work on. So we're tiny. We've got a museum space in Barnsley in Yorkshire. And um, there's only one member of staff, so there's only me at, uh, at my museum. Really, we hold, we look after stuff so that people can see it. Do you like a museum, Joe? Are you a museum visitor? I I've, I've visit, I've visited some. I visited that one um, with the. Uh, it's got those mirrors in it that make that change your body. Not a circus. No, because this was the same museum that had that big dinosaur in it and the big sperm whale, the big blue whale. What's the big whale? 
the Natural History Museum. Yeah, been to that Very one. Because it's got Andy's clock in it. From Andy's Dinosaur Adventures. Andy's Dinosaur mm. Adventures. That's one of my f- favourite places to go to. I've been to the one, the science one. Yeah. That was fascinating. I like that one because you get to actually do mm. shit. You did. There, all the experiments. And then we went to the Condom Museum. Yep. Uh, the Condomarium in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. That was a particular highlight of, for me. And I've also been to Rudyard Kipling's house. Hmm. Bateman's. What's Bateman's? Rudyard Kipling's house. <laughs> it's called Bateman's. It's in, it's in Burwash. I used to work in the tea room. But, you know, on my break, I'd walk around the house. Just to get more culture. Well, I'd see what I could pilfer, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? He's got his car there. It was wonderful. You know, I like a museum. But the cynicism issues that I have mm-hmm. about museums, particularly the big ones around the world, is that I'm sure loads of the stuff's been fucking pillaged and stolen from loads of different cultures, put into these museums, and then the stories that are said about them are just from one side. It's the successor's story that gets to dictate this is what this giant stone is. Actually, it's a fucking stolen artifact from this culture, but we've decided to... So that's the cynic in me that goes, "Mm, I'm not sure I'm buying any of this shit in the museums. I think that's a really good place to start. So fabulous example of that is the Parthenon Frieze in the British Museum. So if you go in through the main entrance and turn left, you'll get to a great big hallway that's got all these ancient Greek sculptures in it that were taken in the early um, 1800s from Greece and brought to London. The circumstances that surrounded that are a bit dodgy, as you would imagine. Uh, So the seventh Earl of Elgin actually bought them and he claims that he was given an official decree by the Ottomans who actually owned Greece at the time to take this stuff back to London. Fishy. So never been found, hasten to add. Mm. And then after he bought them back to Britain, they were sold to the British Museum in 1816. So they officially entered the British Museum's collection. In 1832, Greece became an independent state. And since 1832, they've been asking for them back. And the reason that they're not back is that there is a piece of legislation in this country which affects the National Museum. So the big ones, Joe's mentioned the Natural History Museum. We're talking about the British Museum, which prevents them taking anything out of the collection. So that's that's the law. I'm wondering, Joe, because of Britain's colonial past, we must have pilfered more than we've been pilfered. 100%. We've fucking nicked everything, mate. Mm. I mean, it's hard because I'm incredibly uninformed on, <laughs> <laughs> on most of the subjects that we cover. But we, like, invaded all these lands. We nicked everything and colonised. Is that the word? Mm-hmm colonised their lands. Yes, we gave things, you know, like... Did we give anything? (laughs) We we gave some things. We gave some things. Okay, we gave some things. Not sure what they are by the sounds of it. But we took most things and we went, that's ours now. And that's part of our culture. We're going to take that. We're going to dictate the story we tell on this item. And we say, you know, it was a great war that we did and this was at the end of it. And you're like, well, no, it wasn't a great war. You just murdered a load of people and then nicked their shit. And then you went, oh, I'm going to put it in a museum and I'm going to charge it extortionate amounts of money to the public to come in and fucking look at them and tell them some bullshit story. <laughs> it's, it's quite a lot for us to unpick there, Sarah. Um. <laughs> I'm just getting that side of me and the museums out early doors. I think it's really important to remember how 
these artefacts have ended up in the museum. And that's what I was sort of saying at the start and what Joe's picked up on is museums are telling stories. So when you go in and you look at these Parthenon friezes again, for example, there'll be a little object label next to them. And quite often this will focus on how they were made, the beauty of them, what's special about them and the date and the size. Well, that doesn't tell you how they've ended up in that collection. And from my personal practice, I just think that's so incredibly important because if something's been bought in good faith from the country of origin and brought to display in a museum in this country so that we can learn about other cultures. Is that a different argument then for having it than whether it has been taken in horrendous circumstances by force and ended up here because it's been stolen? So I'm going to give you um, a little list of some of the more unusual museums in the world. And I would like you to say um, whether you are keen to visit, Mm -hmm. should opportunity arise or not, Mm. Uh, number one, the Instant Noodle Museum in Japan. Ramen Museum. Do you go to it? No. Would you? No. Number what the two. fuck are you going there for? Like, there's just a hundred different packs of ramen from the last 50 years with, his name was Chris. Who? The guy who invented the Instant Ramen. Oh. His name was Chris. <laughs> Sounds unlikely for a noodle maker, doesn't it? It sounds hey, like you're right in the target market. See, that's what I mean. The, yeah. the story that's being told story. is confusing. Is. So you don't want to go? Do I get ramen? In the canteen afterwards, yes. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Number two, the Tatwater Museum in Beijing. Sounds like the most fucking pointless thing in the whole entire world. Bear in mind, tap water in Beijing isn't even safe to drink. <laughs> True. Okay, so that's the irony. Here we go. Let's have a fucking museum about water we can't drink. Go on. Okay, that's number two. Number three, the Dog Collar Museum at Leeds Castle in Kent. Absurd. Sounds like one of the most boring places in the world. We've got 130 dog collars. 130? 130 different dog collars from down Sorry, did you say that in a way that I was meant to be impressed? Okay, that's There's 130. There can't be 130 different dog collars, mate. It goes round. And re- they're all round. Again, this sounds like a very persuasive argument for you to go to the Dog Collar Museum. Joe, I'll give you a fourth. Uh, the Lawnmower Museum in Southport. I actually might consider that. I'm having trouble with my lawnmower at the minute. You fancy going to the Avanos Hair Museum in Turkey? Tell me more. There's over 16,000 types of hair. What? Specifically from women. What? And they're like draped on the walls and shit. What? Yeah, like, so if you walked in... So you... Like whole heads of hair or just single hairs? What? Whole heads of hair, like like wigs or single hairs? No, no, it's hair that's been cut off and then stuck to the wall. <laughs> yeah, but how much hair is in each display? I've just said 16,000 different types of women. <laughs> Specifically, am it I sounds looking... a bit creepy if I'm on it. Am I looking at a solitary strand of hair from each of these... Many women. No, there's 16,000. I know how many women. What about the Celebrity Lingerie Hall of Fame in the United States of America? Okay, tell me more. You've got Tom Hanks' gump pants there. His gump pants? Yeah, from Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Pants that he wore there. <laughs> you could go and have a look at the entire cast of Beverly Hills 90210, which I've never... I don't know what that is. <laughs> but they've put all their underwear in there. In there yeah. And you can also go and have a look at Madonna's purple and gold bra. Ooh. But that's not the original... Because a few years back, there was LA riots, was there? <laughs> they nicked the Madonna's bra. What, what year was the LA riots? 92? 92. 92. So in 92, uh, that bra was nicked. And then Madonna said, if you pay 10 grand to charity, I'll give you a new one. And they did. Sarah, would you go there? Yeah, why not? What about the Museum of Death? Oh, heard of this? that one? I haven't heard of that one, but I, again, I'd be keen to visit Really? That. The Museum of Death? It's got all the worst ways to die. Like, Ugh. depicted in bodies and shit. Actual like, people who've died that way? Yeah, like chopped up limbs, bullet wounds in the skulls, and 
it actually said, be sure not to miss the mummified body of Siui. Siui. Siui? Who is this person? He was a cannibal who murdered loads of kids during the 1950s. Still want to go there? It's quite gory, isn't it? I'd say so. Yeah. And then last but not least, probably my favourite, what about the Phallological Museum in Iceland? The Phallological what? The Phallological Museum in Iceland. What would we find there? 267 types of penis. (laughs) I'm sorry? You would find 267 types of different penis. Actual penises or plaster cast? No, actual penis. There's loads of plaster cast stuff there, but there's actual, it's actual um, vinegar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do they put stuff in the... Uh, formaldehyde. Brine. Formaldehyde. Brine. Great, yeah. Yep. Okay, so, so you know the stuff you get your tuna in mm-hmm. sometimes? That's sometimes penis- you, sunflower oil. Or spring water. Spring water, but this one's brine. Cheaper. So you can go see loads of penises and brine, including <laughs> a two millimetre hamster dick. <laughs> no word of a lie. This, I'm Is not that big or small for a hamster? Well, you find out when you get there. I didn't delve that. Like, I didn't really want my Google history. <laughs> to be hamster dicks. <laughs> like in hamster dicks, left, right and centre. Mm. Or a 1.7 metre sperm whale dick. 1.7 metres? Massive. That's you. Stand up. Oh, I thought, sorry, you mean my height. <laughs> stand up. I thought you were paying me an amazing compliment stand there. Up. You said that's you. Please, can you stand up? That's how big it is. Dick. Is there anything that couldn't be a museum? I don't know how to answer that in the double negative, but anything could be a museum. It's a very poor question, sir. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't work out. Yeah, anything can be in a museum. Of course it can. What's a museum? What's just a collection of random things? So you've really got to think of who's going to want to come to see it. So you could just have a museum at home with loads of random shit in it if you wanted. <laughs> But it maybe then wouldn't fulfil the second part of that criteria of being in the public benefit. So people who want to come to see it, that you've got stories to tell, engaging things. But, I mean, you might do with your stuff from home. So that would be fine too. I'm pleased you brought up the penis museum in Iceland. because I, di- I didn't actually call it a penis museum. You didn't. I called it a phallological museum. I beg your pardon. The Museum of Phallology. <laughs> and I didn't actually know that that was a thing. But I'm so happy it is. Phallologically. Yeah, phallologically. We're all learning something. Um, So as a reaction to that, in 2017, um, a vagina museum was actually set up in London. Whereabouts in London? (laughs) It's currently in Bethnal Green in temporary uh, premises, but they're hoping to find somewhere permanent. There should be a museum of vaginas. Is there a a follow-up point? There should be a a museum of whatever the fuck you want there to be. Well, do you know, Joe? (laughs) Because I've been to a museum in Hobart in Tasmania. And there is something there which is called the Great Wall of Vaginas. And it's 151 plaster casts of actual vaginas. He's having a think about that one. It's also Are they all jo- different? Well, I think, they're re- I think they're real vaginas that have had plaster casts made of them, so I'd say yes. Did you say it's a climbing wall? <laughs> what did you say? I missed that first, first bit. What did you say? Is it? <laughs> Sorry. what What, and they have different coloured vaginas for different routes up the wall like a blue easy route no it's not a climbing wall (laughs) I thought that's that's why there was a pause for me when you said it I went fucking hell like how have they angled that I wonder if there's different ways to climb it so that's why I was like, I'm not sure how far we want to go down this route. Because <laughs> I, I know that in the Phallological uh, Museum, there is a wall of plaster cast penises as well. And you can climb that. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean you can, in theory, climb it because you could get a good grip or you're actively encouraged to climb it? No, it's, it's available to climb. But like clipping harnesses and stuff. It's not that fucking high. <laughs> how many penises? You get up that 2.7 sperm whale one. There you well, go. Yeah. That would be quite high, wouldn't it? That's a yeah, good but... start. 
fucking hell, you're gonna have you got a job on your hands climbing that. Do you think you get a grip on the hamster one? I don't think they use that one. I don't think <laughs> Is the De Morgan Museum the only one you've worked in? It's not. Oh. What other ones have you been at? So I've been at the De Morgan now for about five years and before that I was at the British Library then the National Gallery, and then one of my favourite museums, which is Helmshaw Mill Textile Museum in Rochdale. And what would we find there? Well, it's, uh, as you imagine, <laughs> an old mill. Well, well. <laughs> strap yourselves in. <laughs> Here we go. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, a mill that was part of the cotton industry in Lancashire. So it's an old woollen fulling and cotton spinning mill so back in the day when Lancashire obviously had hundreds and thousands of mills yeah. it was just one of many that would take cotton uh, cloth in that had already been recycled and then they've got all these machines that would shred that up and then it could be spun back into very fine threads uh, that would then be rewoven into more cotton fabric but the oldest part of it from the 17th century had uh, a woolen fulling mill. And this is my favourite thing that you learn in museums like this one, is that during the woolen fulling process, you're making wool cloth. And anyone who's put something uh, wool in the washing machine at too high a temperature will yeah, know that that yeah, shrinks it right down. So to make woolen cloth, you do have to put it into water. And to stop it getting tense... And for aught, you put it on tenter hooks, which stretches <gasps> it out. And we used to have a tenter frame with tenter hooks in the museum. So that's where that phrase comes from. I know, I know it. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm sitting here on tenter hooks. I'm waiting on tenter hooks. Yeah. Is it nervous or excited? That doesn't make <laughs> me excited. That's where the phrase comes from. I'm not nervous being on that hook either. I'll, I'll be bored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there, just a piece, piece yeah. of cotton going, fucking hell, this is boring, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> National Gallery. Yeah. So what was that? Because I imagine that's got some very expensive portraits in. Very expensive. Nothing's for sale. However, if you want to know how much a uh, painting, you know, so there's a Leonardo da Vinci painting in the National Gallery. The last one that sold was called Salvador Monday and it sold for about $400 million. But like some, something's value is just what someone's willing to pay for it. But it blows my fucking mind that someone goes, oh, that's 400 mil, but... Like, but someone might be willing to pay 700 mil for it. And you go, oh, that must mean... It. But you're like, what? It's like that Banksy one. Remember when he... Sh remember seeing that video of when he shredded mm. that new one and thing? That was fucking brilliant. So Absolutely good. Absolutely love that one. Yeah. To put a bit of context on like, guys, what are you doing? It's a fucking piece of paper. I can't believe what I've just said out loud. <laughs> I like your Banksy impressions. <laughs> guys, guys, it's just a bit of paper. <laughs> He's from Bristol, though, He's isn't he? Apparently, he's from Bristol. Yeah, right, do you right. know who he is, by the way? I don't. Oh. Why do we presume every museum director would know who Banksy is? I just thought it'd be one of these little secrets that people just does on the, the round. Yeah, no, sadly not. That's ridiculous. Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. What is your absolute favourite best museum? Mm. It can't be. Is it that? Is it still that mill? I the love cotton the mill. mill. Is it? I love it. So Come on, much. mate! All the museums across the world. The machinery when I worked there. So it gave, we gave ah, live demonstrations of cotton being torn up and it getting fed into the machines and coming out as this perfect yarn. When the council threatened to close that ah. museum, I actually spearheaded a campaign to save it. Nice work, Sarah. Yeah. And was that successful? It was successful, yeah. It's still open now. You can go and visit. Did you get any help from famous Rochdale person, Lisa Stansfield? That would have been great, but uh, sadly not. Come yeah, on, Stansfield, Lisa step up. Stanfield. Being around the world and aye, 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 I can't find my baby. My mum went to see her the other week. Any good? Yeah, she said she was great. There you go, John. <laughs> What's she saying? <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to have a break so I can Google who Lisa Stansfield is, please. On Joe Marler's show.
those were the adverts. Um, Joe, are you more familiar now with Lisa Stansfield? Yeah, she's fucking terrible. <laughs> I bet she wouldn't send her bra to the Celebrity Lingerie Hall of Fame. Well, do you want me to yes, uh, chip in with that one? So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I keep doing the well. I don't know where it's come from. Sorry, yeah. Uh, well, um, it would be down to the museum whether they would accept Lisa Stansfield's bra or not because museums all have a collections policy and that dictates what we can and can't accept into our collections like in the first place. charity shops. Do they have a policy? What have they rebuffed that you've tried to give them? Uh, they say they can't take my pants. <laughs> yeah. They don't take pants or socks. And if they've already got like loads of kids' toys or stuff like that, they'll be like, no, why don't you try help the aged down the road or really? something like that. So yeah, charity shops, you can't just give them willy-nilly, especially not your kegs. <laughs> Would just you? so you know. That's there we go. Same as museums. Same as museums. Yeah. So very similar. Do you think, Joe, I'm wondering if we could make it a goal of this show to get some of your lingerie slash underwear into the Celebrity Lingerie Museum? Of the United States? Oh. I think we'd struggle. <laughs> but as Sarah's pointed out, you can have a museum anywhere on anything. Should so. we start the Lingerie Museum of Great Britain? No, I want to set up a museum on cliffs. On what? Physically on cliffs? Yeah, on cliffs. On the top of cliffs? Yeah, so like, and you have to move it back every year. Because <laughs> you're not sure if it's going to last. It just keeps to clarify, on the what's it got in, yeah, no, but what's it got in it, apart from the location on a cliff? No, it'd just be, it'd be um, like a clear box. <laughs> Is it not just a house on a no, cliff? No, no, what house do you know has got clear? It's just clear walls and ceiling. House with a conservatory and a cliff. Okay, so we're putting a conservatory on a cliff and we go... Come to see this bit of cliff and then we'll do some rock digging on that section. And then when it gets closer to the cliff falling, the following year, we move it back a bit. <laughs> and then we go, oh, look, here's a dip. So every year it's a different museum. A nice conceptual idea for a museum. Yeah, yeah so you, love get, it. you get different people as you go. Could we charge for that, Sarah? With your I bet you could, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can we talk security, Sarah? Because we'd all be familiar with films where... Near do wells have broken into museums yep. to steal priceless objects. I'm thinking of the wrong trousers. Um, the seminal piece on museum. It, is, a, it yeah. is the seminal piece. Would that be realistic, by the way, getting a penguin in an upside down pair of trousers over the red lasers? I should think if you wanted to do it enough, you could figure out a way. Yeah. Are there red lasers in museums? Sorry, no, I can't let that one go. Um, Sarah's just said that that could be possible. <laughs> Why not? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally impossible. You could not train a penguin. To go upside down in a museum and go through all the lasers. Just want that on the record. Okay. Okay, stop with this nonsense, being silly. you two. Yeah. It's no ordinary penguin, it's Feathers McGraw. Security. Uh, yeah, what well, do you want to know? Are there red lasers? Is yes. that the question? Yes. Um, I don't think so. Oh. I don't oh. think you can see them. The red is maybe just a cinematic... Oh, of course. Oh, so there, there are it. probably... But lasers. there are alarms. But what if I was to get like a vape before I rob, <gasps> rob the place? Yeah. And I take a big drag of it and then I go... And then I can see him, can't I? I don't know. I've never tried that. Uh -huh. I'll try it. And so with that one, you're happy. You're <laughs> happy to disagree that that's probably not going to happen. But but the penguin thing. The penguin's fine. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank yeah. you, Sarah. I can see where this is going. <laughs> that's absolutely cool. Does stuff get nicked for museums or not? It does, unfortunately. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. So despite best efforts of museums to protect the collections that are in them and the public that come to visit, obviously there are always going to be people who are one step ahead um, and people who want to take things from museums. That's, that's bonkers, though. Who are you flogging it to? Exactly my thought, Jan. 
you go, right, I'm going to nick this uh, Fabergé egg, uh, probably from the 16th uh, century, and it's actually the one with the mini blue uh, dove mm. on it. With the And <laughs> I've got that. And then I go, all right, uh, Dave. You want to buy three bells in a Friday. Six bells. Six bells. Let's get that wrong. Usually a Saturday. Want to buy this egg? And they go, let's have a look at that then. And then he's got, and he goes, oh, what do you want for it? I said, 100 quid. I said, there you go, have you 100 quid? Go, yeah, fine, it pays overnight. What the fuck's he doing with that egg? Like, someone's going to know, you can't nick shit without it getting found out, surely. Surely you get caught. Well, there are obviously loads of systems in place in museums to make sure that they're secure. So we've got the same style security that you might expect on a domestic building, where windows will be alarmed, doors will be alarmed. There's quite a lot of, Things that are in place as well next time we go to a big museum to notice is that lots of galleries often don't have windows. They'll have sort of fixed skylights instead to prevent people coming in through the windows. Lots of museums will have either overnight security or an alarm centre that um, will be called to immediately get the police to the museum should any of the alarms be broken during the night. Uh, And then, of course, you've got guards in lots of museums you'll go to. You see them walking around, keeping an eye on everything. So there are lots of measures that are in place to make sure that things aren't stolen. But I think when they are, you've got to think who might be stealing these things. And I don't think it's someone just sort of trying to get lucky and take something off the wall. Quite often it's organised crime that will nick things to order. So Dulwich Picture Gallery, a couple of years ago now, there was an exhibition of paintings by Dutch artist called Rembrandt, very muddy looking One of my favourites, yeah. yeah. Rembrandt um, with a T. Yep, that's him. Um, and so these pictures were actually stolen from the gallery despite best efforts of the museum that had been put in place to protect them, but they only got as far as just immediately outside when they were caught by the police and those objects were taken back. So when you say that had been stolen to order... I would some, imagine so, I don't know. shady multimillionaire in their massive mansion somewhere has thought, I fancy a Rembrandt of my own. They've contacted someone and they've said, that's the Rembrandt I want, bring it to me. Yeah. Have you seen Mr Bean? (laughs) Which one? The first one, the film, Mm. not the series, the first Mr Bean film, when he's... um, That's not the one in France, that's number two, is it? I think that's Mr Bean goes goes on holiday. Yeah. That's when he loses the kid. Yes. Or he doesn't lose him, he kidnaps him. And actually, talking of that one, you know when he's doing some busking mm-hmm. remember that one in the in the market and he puts and he does the miming to that opera song did you cry no so i cried at that <laughs> it was fucking unbelievable powerful moving one of my favorite movie scenes ever but back to the first one <laughs> when it was something to do with the museum he fucks up this painting doesn't he i think it's whistler's mum or that's exactly right is yeah. it whistler's mum yeah yeah he fucks it up and he's like, oh no, and he tries, oh my God, and then he tries rubbing it off and he uses white spirit or something and it completely fucks it. So then he goes, right, how am I going to do this? He cuts it all off, cuts it out, I mean, and then paints an exact replica of it and he puts it up and by the end of it, I don't want to ruin the plot for you or uh, anyone who's listening who, who wants to look at Mr Bean 1, <laughs> um, but I'm going to. So if you don't want it spoiled, just turn it off for about 30 seconds. <laughs> Beep. No one notices. It's completely fucking immaculate. He's wonderful. What an artist. Incredible. Don't know it. Beep. <laughs> That's the end of the plot. <laughs> Which leads me onto my question about security. Is the Mona Lisa real? Yes. How do you know that someone hasn't just copied that, especially this day and age with the technology that not just the Mona Lisa, but any famous painting like the screaming woman what's it called the scream 
the scream or um, the Picasso with the red, blue and yellow blocks. Is that Picasso? The Weeping Woman? No, no, no. There's this other one. He had a lot of blocks. Probably Picasso. We'd go with the Weeping Woman. How do we know they're all real? How do we know they're not replicas or fakes to protect the real ones? And actually, the Mona Lisa is hidden in a cave in Germany. Do you know, when I worked at the National Gallery for a while, I worked in visitor services, so answering questions from the public. And where do you keep the real ones was the number one most asked question after where are the toilets? (laughs) Definitely. Um, People find it quite astonishing to sort of learn that these things are three, four hundred years old and they still look so new, so fresh. And the fact that they have been preserved for all this time. But when things come into museum's collection, someone like myself usually will do a full provenance check on the objects. That means that they have to work out exactly where it's from, which bona fide sales it's been through to get to where it is. And you, you have to trace it all the way, almost directly back to the artist who painted it. And if we're talking about paintings, um, to make sure that what enters the collection is absolutely what someone is claiming for it to be. Following on from that, there's a team of curators and conservators who actually, you know, touch up the pictures or, or get them looking their best for display. And it never really will go out of anybody's sight. There's always someone and a, a paper trail behind it when objects get moved around museums, even if that's just from one space on the wall to the space next to it, to show that that's happened. When you were handling those unbelievably expensive and culturally important items, Sarah, did you ever shit yourself? <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's a scary thing to do to to get hold of something and to check its condition, say, or to move it across galleries. But quite often, you won't do that on your own. Especially, you know, to move an enormous artwork, then obviously you'd need a team of people. Joe, if you were to attempt to steal something, because let's say, what's your favourite painting? What would you steal? Uh, the Louvre. I went to the Louvre, Louvre, with the uh, with the paintings. And I quite liked this one of Napoleon. Okay. This fucking giant one. Obviously, he's not, he wasn't giant, but he was like massive. How big? Like, big. Yeah. Like snooker table big or? Oh, yeah, as big as that. It was fucking ginormous. They've got like, some big stuff. There, oh, my they? God, yeah. One of them. Well, what's that battle one? There's like these horses like over there and then there's like other horses at that one. We'll go with that one, the Battle of Hastings. If you... Wanted to steal it, Mm -hmm. how would you go about it? I'll give you a couple of options, but you're free to choose your own options. You could get through the lasers, which may or may not be red, like Catherine Zeta-Jones. I think they were green. Okay, green ones. You can do an inside job where either you get a job in the Louvre or you Mm -hmm. pay off someone, Mm -hmm. or you can do something creative like in the Thomas Crown Affair when uh, Pierce Brosnan gets loads of people to dress exactly the same as him in like a little bowler hat, doesn't he? And I haven't seen that, but that sounds fucking it's not, incredible. It's not, it's not spoil that one for you. Which You've option? got to give spoiler warnings, mate. Which option are you choosing? Uh, I quite like the thought of bowling about in a like hat. And Did he have an umbrella? I think so. I'm just thinking of that sort of like, Sarah's like, why the fuck are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Crown Affair, you having a laugh? Um, I'd probably do, I'd go in, you know the, the pyramid glass one above ground. In the courtyard. At the that loop. goes down, which is scaled, apparently, exactly to the same pyramid underneath it. Is that right? Yep. Oh, it's to scale, which is fucking bonkers. I love the thought of that. I'd, I actually, The more we've spoken about museums, the more I fucking love learning shit about the past, even if there is a cynical side to me that goes, oh, I don't believe it, but I think it's important to have a little bit of that. I just love it. Even you talking about the cotton and that sort of thing. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. This is like what they see. I just want to go to all the fucking museums of the world now. I would cut a hole 
in one of those pyramid glasses, glass pyramid. One of those little devices. Yeah, so it goes. And you've got some suckers on the glass; it doesn't fall. Place that there. Days, hold that. <laughs> She's holding that for me. She's like, oh, fucking hurry up, mate. Sweat my fucking tits off here. <laughs> yeah, all right. And then I'd look at it and I'd go, oh, fuck. It's too small to get through. Yeah. <laughs> it rolled that Jasper <laughs> about to bring the family along yeah. yeah we've got no babysitter if you've brought Jasper why yeah. not just send him through the original hole fuck hang on pass that here Dace <laughs> here Dace you bring that no nails <laughs> Jasper come here alright mate <laughs> fuck him off down there he's got a rope and then it, I'd uh, I'd say to Maggie, Maggie, hit the music. She's like, okay. Dum 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 Jasper, Jasper, wait, wait, wait. And then I'd stop him just before the ground. So he hovers. And then I'd say, Felix, and because he's at the camp, Felix, get that vape. So then he takes a massive drag, and then he's down the. Remind me how old Felix is now. He's. Three. But, and, okay. <laughs> so he fucks all this vape smoke down there so Jasper can see all the lasers. Jasper's, uh, he's a black belt in Taekwondo and Capoeira. Um, so he's dancing all around that lot. And Perfect. Goes over to the uh, Mona Lisa. Am I nicking that one? Up to you. Yep, do what we want. We go to the Mona Lisa. We go to the, it's the fucking world's smallest picture as well, it's isn't it? not big. As a kid, you know all about this Mona Lisa picture. You see it everywhere. You're taught Da Vinci painted it. and So you just presume it's this giant picture. Were you disappointed? I was disappointed. I think it's a letdown, isn't it, when you get there? Well, mainly because you can't fucking get to the front. No. It's like thousands of people in the room, all with their phones up, and you go, <sighs> should have just Googled that. It's not quite the same. I was hoping it'd be empty and yeah. you just sit on that that little uh, seat By in front yourself. of it and you look at it and you go, huh. Oh. Is that a man or a woman? Anyway, Felix, he's got that zat and he's nicked it in there. Then I've chucked down the glass cutter. Mm -hmm. It is behind 12 inches of bulletproof glass. What? So you might need some different equipment. Right. Valuable information. That yeah, is that really is, important. Yeah, yeah. Days. Days. I mean, there's our Pixies with us as well. Pixie, chuck us that RPG, will you? So then I fuck up this <laughs> RPG down to Jasper. Get, why don't you get it to pass your screwdriver and just unscrew it where it's screwed, the glass is screwed in? It's not screwed in. It's uh, sealed. So he's then shot this Mona Lisa up. Security are here by this time as well. No, because the we the night before put on a Did big uh, dinner yeah. of which we poisoned their food. Fine. So that, that part of Paris, dead. Dead. So he's shot it. He's broken the glass that he said was unbreakable, unbreakable, impenetrable. And then he looks at it and it's a fake because Ryan Atkinson had been there about an hour oh, before, placed it. it. Then, the, then the other police turned up, 
got him. They arrest him. They shop. Hey, Jasper, Jasper, you are under arrest for the, uh, killing all of the officers yesterday, and now you blow up uh, the the glass. And we then leave, and we go. Paris has him now. He's the eldest, so save some money on that Eurostar getting home now. Yeah. Though I'm sorry, it was a little bit uh, long-winded, but we've been planning it for a while. This show is sponsored by the following excellent people. ABC, The Sherman, Gold, Frankincense and Simon Burr. The Dragon, William Welsh, Jim, Would I Lie to You, Marvellous, Maggie Vidovich. The Picket Line, Tommy Pickett. Oh, Chris Getty, Bam Alam, Quibble Quibble, Stuart Kibble, Matt Johnson, Nishant Nereyeth, Tom Anderson. Up the Clarets, Betty Garrett, The Emerald, Jade Ingram, we need to talk about Kevin Duffy, the mayor of Tristan Hall, and the yeastman, Daniel Beers Baker. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Show, become an official sponsor, and grow the show today. Have you ever worked in a museum at night? On a technicality, yes. And I had to take like 30 children for a sleepover at the Science Museum. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was, <laughs> imagine that. Not one that of your favourite things work. to do then. Yeah, what well, time did they fall some asleep? People slept. Well, they didn't. No. That was. That oh, was, no. Uh, yeah. And therefore, neither did I. So, who came up with that concept? Let's have a sleepover at a museum. Like, what's the point in that? Why didn't. There's just... no beds. Yeah, we all took our sleeping bags. Let's say you were at the Natural History Museum, Joe. Mm. She flagged up already. Mm. Would you be having a night at the museum thoughts in your head? I think my overriding thought would be what came first, oh. the museum or the whale. That's what I'd be thinking. I'd go, how the fuck have they fitted that whale through that door? Yeah. Or was the whale here? and A living went, whale? Yeah, and it, it, was, um, it was beached. <laughs> and they went... We should build a museum around that. <laughs> oh, are you asking? Yeah, sorry, question? I'm asking oh. the museum expert, actually. <laughs> did they, is that what they did? No, so the museum was there before the whale okay. went into it. So they made it in there, did they? Yeah, so the whale is obviously fossilised bones and was there to replace Dippy the dinosaur, if you ever went <gasps> when Dippy the dinosaur. Hasn't Dippy come back, though? Dippy's back Dippy's now. back. Where did Dippy go? Dippy went on a little tour of lots of museums around the country. So if you, for example, live in Dorset and you can't get up to London, then Dippy came to you. What do we know about Dorset? Cliffs? No, it's also known as the... Jurassic Coast. Yes, yeah, so that's just one of the many museums that Dippy went on tour to. But um, obviously these two... Fossilised skeletons are enormous and they were constructed in the room. Um, But to do something like take Dippy on tour, take it down and rebuild it, obviously it's a lot of bones that all fit together on sort of a a mount or a structure. Next time we go, you'll look at it, you can see that piece of equipment there holding all of that together so we can stand under it and look at it. Um, But each individual piece of the dinosaur skeleton or of the whale skeleton will be registered on systems. It will have reports that go against it so that we can look at the condition of it. We can check that nothing changes between the different venues so that we're always preserving that history. Um, And yeah, lots of photographs. It's like putting in a giant jigsaw puzzle back together. I've just had a thought as well, Sarah. Dangerous. If if Dippy's going around the country, like... I am one of the worst rappers of birthday presents. I honestly oh. thought you were just going to stop at rappers. Yeah, I did for a minute. There. <laughs> Sarah, rise it. I was ready. Rappers, what the fuck's My flow's actually quite good. <laughs> but if you were sending Dippy around the country, 
You can't just whack him in some newspaper and use a bit of sellotape as I would. For a birthday present. <laughs> Maybe a bit of magazine. How are you, uh, but how, seriously, how are yeah. you moving him? Surely a shitload of bubble wrap. Not bubble wrap um, for museum objects. It's not brilliant because, you know, all the tiny little bubbles, they've got pockets of gas in them and that can off-gas and affect the object. So that's not a great packing material for museum objects. You would use an acid-free tissue paper. And then each piece would go into something more robust, so either a cardboard carton or often they're foam lined. And then all of those pieces go into wooden crates, usually. And then they can get either driven on a specialised vehicle or if it was going internationally, then they would get palletised, put on an aeroplane and flown to the other side of the world. I'd actually like to do that. Would you? I'd like to be a... uh, Packer. An artefact packer. That would be so much fun. Quite a lot of stationery involved as well, isn't there? You know, got to label that bit, yeah. got to wrap that bit. You do get to use a tape dispenser. They're always fun, aren't they? Superb. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. You can get at that, aren't I? Cheers, boy. Um, I recently bought uh, my daughter a metal detector. Great. You know, the ones that you see down the beach and that lot? She wants, she, she wants to go metal detecting, she says. For a daddy day out, I'm like, cool, brilliant. Sounds like great crack. And do you have one as well, or will you just be watching her do it? Oh, just use hers. I couldn't afford both, mate. Fine. And then, uh, but I also bought her a magnet as well, like a fucking giant magnet for fishing. You heard of magnet fishing before? No. Okay, so you know fishing? Yeah, (laughs) for fish. For fish. Yeah. So imagine that, but without the rod. Yeah. So it's just a rope, and on the end of that rope is a... Magnet about that big, size of my fist. A side side plate. Size of a side plate. And that picks it, like, it's really strong. It's like, yeah. Got you. So you do magnet fishing, hence yep. the thing. She wants to do that, so do that. So say me and Maggie are doing that down in Eastbourne, and we discover a Neolithical brass arrowhead. You mine? Yeah, I might, actually. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, wow, this is incredible. I want to get a bit more information in it. I get it confirmed that it's Neolithical from... That area is this and, you know, what do you want to do about it, mate? And I go, well, I want to present it to the museum, the Natural History or British Museum. What museum would I go to for that one? Probably the British Museum. For British Museum. Arrowhead. Okay. Yep. Are you buying that off me? <laughs> so if you're the British Museum, will you pay me to donate that or is it a donation? <laughs> so there's actually uh, another piece of legislation in place in this country called the Treasure Act and that actually means that you are not going to be able to be entitled to any money from that in total so depending on how much it's worth you and the landowner will have to share that because who owns the beach who owns the beach you'd have to find that out does the queen own the beach why don't you just say you found it in your back garden because then you own it all right double your money I found it in my garden. No, I don't mean to Sarah. Oh. I'm not to, <laughs> <laughs> to the museum. Sarah really knows what we've know actually found out on the beach. Yeah. She's listening. <laughs> and if it's deemed important enough, it means that it automatically has to go to one of the museums. Uh, what do you mean deemed important enough? Like, I'm offering you my Neolithic arrowhead. Yeah. You're not offering me anything in return. <laughs> How's that work as, as as a trade-off? Like, just give something, offer me. What about a so year's... if it was worth something, then, like I say, you and the landowner would have to share the money. Okay, I'm both. So you actually pay me for it? If the museum wanted to acquire it, that's the key. That's why I said <coughs> if it was important enough. Okay, so it is fucking important. You're paying me because I'm the landowner and the discoverer, but 
Yeah. I also want a family pass <laughs> for life free. You'd have to negotiate that. See if you could get that into I the am. of the... I am negotiating deal. that now. I don't, I don't work at the British Museum. Okay, so. all right. The De Morgan. <laughs> Can I have a family pass to the De Morgan? Yes. Do you need to pay anyway to go to the De Morgan? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nor the British Museum, in fairness. So. What? Do you not? No, it's all free. Fuck, there what museums have I been going that I have to pay? It. Sure, going to the Natural History Museum costs me an arm and leg. In the shop. I think it's... Oh, That's where they the get shop, you. Yeah. Probably the rail prices like four, as well. Four quid for a slice of cake, isn't oh, it? Oh, motherfuckers. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> My mate Mickey Love, Sarah. Say that again. My mate Mickey Love. His name's Mickey Love. Mickey Love, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was just unsure. I thought you were saying, Sarah, my mate Mickey Love. <laughs> and you were Is calling... his surname Love? No, it's a nickname oh, more than Mickey anything Love. else. Yeah. Okay. So just kind of like, you didn't just refer to Sarah as Love at no. the end of your sentence. I'll pause. So my mate Mickey Love. Yes. Sarah. As soon as Banksy started to appear on the scene, very early doors, he declared himself a fan of Banksy's work. And he got one of a very small limited number of Banksy bits of artwork. And over the course of about two years, the value of this thing, which he'd just got because he liked Banksy at that point, rocketed in value to the point where it was basically in a tube in his attic and it very quickly became worth more than his house. (gasps) And then he had the problem of he couldn't afford to insure it. So how do you insure all the stuff in a massive museum? Well, again, all the major museums, all the national museums and galleries in England and Wales do not insure any of their collections. None of them. What? So if you went into the National Gallery and you looked upon the Leonardo da Vinci we were talking about earlier, then that isn't insured for any financial compensation to the gallery should anything happen to it. Why? Because it's already been bought once by the government. And as a taxpayer, I'm sure you'd agree that a good spend of your money from the government isn't to pay an insurance premium to cover something that is astronomically expensive to insure that also could never be replaced should anything happen to it. Makes sense. The replacement value does make sense. So instead, the money goes to... How the fuck are you replacing that anyway? Well, you're not. Exactly, you're not. They're all one-offs. So instead, the money goes towards making sure things like our security is, you know, impenetrable uh, from people (laughs) with their children and glass cutters and to make sure that we've got um, the correct environmental conditions in a gallery. So they're quite specific at what temperature and what humidity you can have in a gallery so that no damage should occur to it. But sometimes um, people do cause damage to artworks. And I don't know if you've seen recently on the news the people um, from different climate activist groups who've been gluing themselves to artworks um, not just in this country, but in Italy as well. Uh, and so obviously that, you know, that does cause damage, but quite often that will be dealt with in-house um, and there's sort of brilliant in-house teams of conservators that respond to this sort of thing. Do you think aliens helped Egyptians build the pyramids? Um, personally, uh, no. Where would I go to find out the most about Egyptians? Which museum? In this country. In this country, yeah. Yeah, probably the British Museum. British They've got Museum. Amazing big galleries of um And that's free, property. is it? It is, yeah. It's free. You don't have to pay for that one. Yeah, like, that's important. British Museum. It's also the Petrie Museum of Egyptology, which is part of University College London. Oh, that sounds like a I like quite a niche one, is it? A Petrie. P E T R I. Some bloke's surname. Oh, I spelled it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> How many consonants and vowels are in this word that you're trying to spell? It's not fucking countdown, mate. <laughs> Don't come at me like that. Yeah, I mean. 
Have you got anything else you would like to say, Sarah? Visit museums, that's what I want to say. And I am going to be a massive advocate for that. Let's do it. Okay. Let's find out, or at least open up our minds a bit more mm. on what happened in the past to then help us shape our future. You're so pleased with that phrase. <laughs> I don't know where I've got that from, but I it. That's quite Jerry Spring. Sarah, thank you so much. Honestly, this one, I say I do say it a lot, but thank you, especially to you for coming on and putting up with this fucking nonsense. I love it. I love it. Because we've really enjoyed having you on and talking all things museums. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Let's go to the British Museum first. Big picture. Do all the Egypt mm -hmm. stuff, so then I can try and semi-convince you into believing aliens helped them with the pyramids. Because mm -hmm. you'll find evidence for that in the British Museum. No, no, as in, I'll, I'll try and persuade you walking around together chatting it, oh, yeah. whilst looking at the general Egypt picture that mm -hmm. they want us to believe. Then we'll go to the more niche Petrie the Museum. Petrie, yes. That one, to get a little bit more depth and then we're going to watch uh, Magical Egypt <laughs> on YouTube mm -hmm. which is also where you can find our YouTube channel oh, <laughs> very good yeah, thank you so much I'm fascinated and it sort of ties into this show because I love learning new stuff yeah. as well as meeting new people I think we should go to museums more just go there with an open mind but also be aware that they who shout loudest is heard in the meantime, if you would like to support the show, you can subscribe three ways. Apple, Spotify and Patreon. Get this, Joe. For just £1 a week, you can get bonus content, ad-free episodes. And by doing so, Joe, you will be growing the show at a bargain price. If you would like another podcast to listen to, in the meantime, excitingly, Joe, there is a brand new boxing podcast. Unlike any other boxing podcast, it is the George Groves Boxing Club. It's a knockout. Oh, yeah. I like my boxing. Oh, there's that um, Ben Eubank, the sons of, coming up soon. Joe, simply search for the George Groves Boxing Club wherever you get your podcasts. Who's on next week, Thomas? Joe, it's a big one. It's a bomb disposal specialist. <sighs> a robot, then. It's a human one. Humans dispose of bombs. It's going to be a good one, Joe. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.